It's the economy, stupid. That was a refrain from a political campaign years ago, used to focus the campaign staff around the, the issue that Americans said was most important to them. Now, this is Friday, September 15th, and you wonder what this has to do with our study for today. But what is the most important truth for the disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus? Is it the holiness of God? It's true, God's character is important for us, and Jesus called on us to be holy as God is holy. But that's not it. Is it grace? Grace is the core of the gospel message that Jesus died for us, and we have a place with God through him all by gift. That's important too. But at its base, that's not it either. There's something below all the teachings of Jesus and the gospel. There's something below these teachings on discipleship that serves as the only foundation for our life in him. What is it? It's not what we do for God. It's God's love for us. Paul says in his second letter to the church in Corinth that God's love controls us. Now that's not a control by using force, but it is a love that shapes who we are and what we become. Other translations translate that word that God's love constrains us. It motivates us. It shapes us. And this theme of love can be seen across the New Testament. But let's get to our text first and consider the implications of this love. This is John 17, 26. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Now, this is a stunning statement for Jesus to make in prayer. In the life of our triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have lived in love for each other for all eternity, giving glory to each other, serving each other in love. What Jesus does through the gospel, what he has done through the cross, is to invite us and draw us into the very love that the Father has for the Son. Because we are in Christ, we receive all that Jesus has, including a communion with the Father. Now, I understand this is difficult for us to take in because we know so little about the life of God. As we looked at last Sunday, the Father spoke love into Jesus' life from the start of his ministry. When Jesus went to the Jordan to be baptized, the Father announced, This is my Son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Then at the transfiguration, the Father made the same announcement of love. And of course, Jesus hadn't forgotten what the Father had said before, but this is what love does. The Father is giving and extending love to the Son from all eternity. Now, of course, Jesus received this from God during his earthly life and ministry. And now that we are in Christ by faith in him, the Father speaks these words over us. You are my child that I love. I am pleased with you. It is this love we must first understand and rest in every day. Of course, this is a challenge for, uh, for us for so many reasons. First, 
Many of us have harbored a view of God that keeps us from seeing the glory of his love. We think that God is stern and not happy with us, that he notices our every failure and flaw and is disappointed with us. We think that God is a love you when God. I'll love you when you get yourself together. I'll love you when you're more consistent in your life. I'll love you when you're serving me. I'll love you when you get your addiction under control. But this is not God's way. God loves us regardless of how we are doing. He loves us not because we are good, but because he is good. It is his nature that his love it is nature that he loves us. Love is not what he does, but it is who God is. Here's Dane Ortland in his book Gentle and Lowly. He, that's God, isn't like you. Even the most intense of human love is but the faintest echo of heaven's cascading abundance. His heartfelt thoughts for you outstrip what you can conceive. He intends to restore you into the radiant resplendence for which you were created. And that is dependent not on you keeping yourself clean, but on you taking your mess to him. He doesn't limit himself to working with the unspoiled parts of us that remain after a lifetime of sinning. His power runs so deep that he's able to redeem the very worst parts of our past into the most radiant parts of our future. But we need to take these dark miseries to him. Isn't that glorious? But I think there's a second reason why we don't get God's love for us. We don't understand. It's because for some of us, difficult or painful things are happening in our lives, perhaps right now. We believe if God did love me, well, this wouldn't be happening. Maybe you heard it explained like this, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's Isaiah 55, 9. Yes, people will tell us we just can't understand why what is happening is happening. And that is true. We think that God does not care for us or we wouldn't be where we are today. But we misunderstand this scripture. You see, those words, as high as the heavens or above the earth, occur only one other time in scripture. And it's the key to understanding Isaiah 55. In Psalm 103, we read, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. That's verse 11. Yes, those words are speaking of the surprise of experiencing the love of God, that his love is so much greater than we can understand, so much higher than our own. J.I. Packer, the teacher, said it like this, Love among humans is awakened by something in the beloved, but the love of God is free and spontaneous, and uncaused. God loves people because he has chosen to love them. The good news, he's chosen to love you. You see, in Jesus' prayer, he is calling out to the Father that the love he knows from the Father might be yours, that you might not doubt the love of God, but instead come to enjoy it, that this love might be what sustains you as you follow Jesus. Let's pray. It's true, Father. 
Your love is higher than the heavens or above the earth. Remind us of this when we're struggling, when we're doubting, when we fail and fall and stumble. Remind us so that we might keep our hope in you. For in your name we pray. Amen.